0: Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California.
1: Hey, I'm Zach Barris, I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder, in America's finest and only institute of higher education in the Buddhist
0: tradition, Naropa University. People are really going to get to know that university. Oh my by listening to this podcast. I'm... They're getting so much press just from us. <laughs> I
1: am putting them on the map. Their basketball team is going to, the program's really set to explode now. Fantastic. Zach, where are you? I am in a closet where the router is at Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center in Sacramento, California.
0: What are you doing there?
1: Uh, I'm hanging out with camp history staff from across the western United States, Uh, albeit there are some uh, absences. Among us, some holes to be filled. Uh, there's no one here from the entire Southwest California Senate, except for the funk. Um, well,
0: <laughs> true, uh, true, true. Yeah, no, you got you got you got, Pacific, you got Pacifica folks there, don't you? We got Pacifica.
1: San Diego State is here. Uh, we got the Rocky Mountain Senate, of course. Uh, Northern California, though, there is no. Uh, I guess that's Sierra Pacific. Uh, no Greg Schaefer. Greg Schaefer is absent. No Stanford. So Mary, listener Mary, over at University of Lutheran in Palo Alto, be sure to give Greg some crap for <laughs> missing the the, the, the,
0: the, the retreat. We miss him. Who, who um, has the best attendance? Which synod has the best attendance?
1: Oh, that's a good question. It might be Rocky Mountain. Uh, Montana has two people here, which is uh, from Montana, Montana State, one from Oregon, one from Washington. Yeah, I think... Only one from Arizona, Grand Canyon. Uh, I think Rocky Mountain wins because we have Albuquerque, Fort Collins, and Boulder. We're all here uh, doing our part and our city staff persons here. So four people <laughs> out of 22 are from the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Though California is <laughs> lovely, Matt. Oh, my gosh. I can't help it. Every time I come, even Sacramento. Even Sacramento? Even Sacramento just smells like California. I love California, Matt. I can't help it. Man.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, good, and uh, the topic is uh, really exciting. The topic what? is really exciting.
1: It's enneagrams, Matt. I think I've I've, uh, I've paid enough attention. Well, let's. I'm going to be full disclosure here. This is the first full day of the conference. We got in yesterday. Uh, Yesterday's travel day, which was nice. Um, I went to the morning session, which we typed ourselves. I just slept through the session because session I was sleepy. Um, so literally, I just went to my room and went to sleep. Uh, but I'm awake. I'm here now. I think I'm a different um, – I think I may be a different type than I originally thought. Could you remind me – I know you typed yourself recently, Matt. You read a book. Uh, what did, what did your type is?
0: Well, I, I think <sighs> – I think I'm a four with a strong five wing, although I could be a five with a four wing, but I think I'm a four with a strong five wing, I think. Oh Matt. Yeah.
1: I think that's what I am too now. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so your
0: I so your it. strong, hot, cold reaction is not is not your oneness, it's your it's your emotion coming out.
1: It's the weight of the emotions. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I was like, five, that makes sense. That's me. And then no. I'm like, wait a second. My emotions normally went out of my ideas. So that was enough learning for me. So I took a nap in the afternoon. So later on, I'm going to head downtown. going to uh, head out to whatever is, used to be called Arco Arena. Uh, see if I can find yeah. a statue of Vladi Divac. Uh, see if Buggy's hobbling around with uh, the pecans. Uh, exciting, exciting stuff here in the northernmost point of the great Central Valley of California. I'm jealous. I would like to get to
0: arco arena did you know uh we're not to the playlist yet but the uh classic one of chris's favorite bands chris not super into music but has she loves the band cake and they have a song. yeah they have a song called arco arena really because <laughs> they're from the central valley <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's something
1: stupid or now it's like uh, i didn't know it. Arco was back in the day. I believe it's a gas station. It's a right?
0: terrible gas station. It's a gas station <laughs> that charges you to use a credit card or a debit mm-hmm. card. Like, if you're going to use a card, they charge you extra and they tell you they're going to charge you extra. And it's like, are you serious? It's 2018. Like, just build it in. Just oh. build
1: it in. Just take Venmo, man. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like sleep numbers, sleep train. It's not Smoothie King. Oh, smoothie King is, is in. in, can... in a it is Sleep Train.
0: It is Sleep Train. It's Sleep Train Arena. It's not that's a good perfect. name for an arena. No. It's not, not a good name for an arena. I'm not sure it's worse than a Guaranteed Rate Field, though. I feel like that's got a. Guaranteed, <laughs> that's pretty bad. It's not good. <laughs> could it get worse than U.S. Cellular?
1: Yes, it could, and it did. Can we just call it Comiskey? Come on.
0: I drove oh. by. Uh, speaking of stadiums, I drove by a stadium in progress today. Bank of California. Bank spelled with a C. Bank of California Stadium where LAFC is soon to play.
1: Matt, we're doing an extended take on the uh, extended sports segment today on the podcast. Uh, It's (laughs) worth noting, worth talking about the fact that uh, that LAFC, my new favorite soccer club. (laughs) Um, You're wearing off on me. Just kidding. No, my soccer fandom. Let's not go lukewarm on the sports segment today. Let's go hot or cold. Uh, <laughs> the fans, the, the listeners want to know what my uh, domestic soccer club rankings are. Uh, first and foremost, always, are the Chicago Fire. Uh, then it's, it's. Uh, I've been trying to get into the Crapids of the Colorado Rapids, but I haven't been able to make it happen. I'm still kind of into them. I'm interested in them. They're not very good. They're not very important in the local like sports scene. Nobody talks about them. They play really far away from me. Uh, so, but I'm still for them. I have a jersey, okay. Uh, but I need one of these new teams, these new like clubs in MLS that have lots of excitement, energy, and more importantly, money to spend on players <laughs> to be good. Because the Fire are not going to be good in my lifetime again, uh, nor are the Rapids. So I'm buying full, uh, whole hog all the way into LAFC, who played their first <laughs> match this weekend uh, against your fabled Seattle Sounders FC. Uh, went in to CenturyLink Field and came away with the W, three points in hand for uh, LAFC. They have never lost a match. That's important to remember. Uh, perhaps they've played just one, but they have never lost a single match.
0: Enjoy it. Enjoy it now. CenturyLink Field is incredible. That's a great place. To see. It's no
1: Bank of a California field, though, that's for <laughs> sure. Because it exists. True. Bank of uh, California
0: doesn't exist. Little, yet. little pro tip for those of you deciding which, which team to adopt. Um, probably not the best idea to adopt a team of a city that you only went to school in for a few years, or were on internship for one year, and you will never you will never live there again. Probably not the best.
1: Uh, our Seattle, our Seattle listeners are devastated that you are never <laughs> gonna live in Seattle again. That's.
0: I mean, I'd love to. That it's, was it's, big it's, news to drop on the podcast. It's, it's still my dream, uh, my dream place. My if I'm if I'm on the good place, my good place looks like. Looks like Seattle, Washington.
1: <laughs> Instead, what you should do is pick up uh, a team in a city in which you've never lived. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the strategy, I guess.
0: So, Zach, I could walk. I could walk to the Bank of California Stadium. Should, yeah. I, should I adopt LAFC?
1: I mean, if you, I don't want to pressure you into this. <laughs> Um, would live my life vicariously for you you would do it you You would do it oh I would do it yeah
0: I mean the jersey colors are like black and gold It's, it's pretty cool
1: i never felt fully comfortable jumping on the Galaxy. This is a just an NLS podcast yeah, now. right. I never felt Joel Langholtz, one of our listeners in Seattle, a true Seattle Sounders FC fan uh, up in Bellingham, is going to love this podcast. But uh, <laughs> I never felt fully comfortable jumping on the L.A. Galaxy bandwagon because yeah, right. they were already so established. And they're the galaxy. Like they're intentionally like st- like the stars is kind of the right. idea behind the galaxy. And say it was not a thing I could jump on. Uh, but LAFC, I feel like, I think there's room for me on that bandwagon.
0: The logo has like a wing on it, like a stylized mm. angel wing. Art, I mean, it's just... Art deco oh. kind of look. It's, by the way, since it's a sports podcast, is there any way that the LA Clippers could hire the designers <laughs> for LAFC? Because their current design uh, was designed with Microsoft Word art? So maybe they could, they could hire the LAFC folks.
1: Yeah, the Clippers logo is kind of like a stylized clippy oh, logo.
0: It's really bad. <laughs> the clippers. <you> <laughs> Alright, listeners, we've uh, <laughs> so Yeah. what's going on in uh your network cool. is that something uh, <laughs> of uh establishing new measurements changes Yeah, that's uh I mean that's that's our community. That's our community. It's <laughs> gentrification, new stadiums. Uh it's and you couldn't it's be a, more excited. It's couldn't be more couldn't be more excited. It's it's lent uh we're yeah lent is uh it's crazy um but we are moving through it uh we talking about the fifth sunday today so we're almost getting to the end of that
1: lent. my goodness know. what happened Matt? what and, happened
0: i i gotta say st mark's at or lent at uh at st mark's has been uh pretty good in terms of the classes that we offered we offered this class on dr king uh that the that folks have been really into and i've been really into it's been uh that's been really good we've been looking at sermons from the last year of dr king's life which are some radical sermons and um really getting beyond just the i have a dream piece and getting deeper into his theology it's been really good been really good to wrestle with it and then uh this past Sunday we started a, a class baptized we live based off the dan erlander book lutheranism is a way of life and boy that is a good group too folks that are bringing a lot of questions um Folks that are not there just to kind of check off tick off the box of coming to the new member class, but people that are really wrestling with their faith and uh, looking to do some wrestling together, and that's that's exciting. That's fun. So, yeah, it's a good it's a good Lent. It's a good Lent, I think. Nice. Yeah.
1: Nice. I uh, had a good one last week. Took a student down to Bethany. Uh, in Cherry Hills Village just south of Denver one of the, the largest congregations in the in uh, Beloved Rocky Mountain Center for uh, student preaching and student preached so that was exciting we did the adult forum kind of thing we don't always get to, to stick student preachers into context like that so that was exciting we had almost like we had like 35 40 kids Students last week at our weekly meal when we invited over the LDS student group, the Mormon student group, uh, and had some just incredibly fascinating and interesting conversations about Mormon religious identity, uh, and, and, and they were good. And we got to the place where we started to ask some uncomfortable questions at the end uh, in healthy ways, uh, which is kind of the point of all the interfaith ecumenical stuff.
0: And that was at your that was at your dinner church? Uh, not a dinner church. At our oh. Tuesday night. Weekly
1: community meal and conversation.
0: Oh, that transition didn't work at all. I was going to ask you about your dinner church. So no dinner church. I am at also. All. I'm. We're getting closer to to Holy Week, and I'm rethinking. <laughs> I'm rethinking some Holy Week, and would like to do Monday Thursday as dinner church. Do you have any dinner church advice? Yeah, I do. I like dinner church. Some of my students. What is it? How would you describe it? In, 30 seconds or less. What, what, what's the difference between different church
1: and regular church? In regular church, um, it, it's the opportunity liturgically uh, to live fully into the idea that Jesus and his disciples uh, were gathered together for a sacred meal, uh, and that that's the thing from which our, all of our worship is born uh, as Christians. Um, and sometimes that within the tradition that's been handed to us gets lost, uh, when we don't use real bread, the distance from a shot glass of wine and a styrofoam wafer to a sacred meal where we sat down and had the dinner and then after dinner we, we talk about this stuff uh, is pretty far. So, Monday Thursday is the perfect example, I think, perfect time to do dinner church, to really live into the, I want to say luxurious, but that's not exactly what I mean, the, to really relax into, I suppose. That kind of sacred meal stuff When you read that Monday Thursday text When you're talking about Last Supper or stuff, There's questions, there's pushback There's a lot of stuff that we don't get uh, Within the confines of our normal liturgy And so Dinner Church makes some space To one, have a full meal Which I think does a sacred thing That, that, that transcends our ability to understand it Eating together with strangers But also to make space for that holy conversation I like it Cool. Um, as long as at the end you stand up and say, "You will betray me," and somebody runs away
0: because you're like, "Oh that's the way to do it. Run away! That makes me think uh, this this won't make any sense to anybody. But if you will look, if uh, if you're looking for a good good, it's uh, some good prep for your your Monday Thursday thinking. I recommend looking up Mel Brooks' History of the World Part One. <laughs> With the Last Supper scene, it's on YouTube. It's only like a minute or two long, and it's uh, it's phenomenal. Your little description made me think of it. Go check it out, listeners. I feel like we give some really good advice for uh, for liturgical um, you know ideas. We had that great Godly Play idea last year, last week. That I think I have really heard nothing off, but
1: positive feedback. It's, it's gone
0: viral. We've actually
1: uh, this week's podcast is brought to you by Godly Play. They found out about the ideas we had last week, and they've actually brought. Matt and I, on as consultants. This is the official podcast of Godly Play. Now, only three percent of children who participated in Godly Play last week died from poisonous snake bites. But that's a sign of our faithfulness, really. The ninety-seven percent is pretty good.
0: Good stuff. Only here. You only get that here. You don't get that a working preacher. No. A working preacher. <laughs> no. A
1: working preacher,
0: though? All right. Let's uh. Let's get to the texts.
1: It's time. Well, Matt. Oh, yeah. a second. Wait, let me look at, I've got a, oh, man, my phone is all mess. I'm on my phone, listeners, because I, my family only has one computer and I was told I could take it with me, uh, but I did bring my microphone, that I can't connect to my uh, phone itself, uh, so that's useless, um, but it's weird. I've been trying to put like dates, on. I mean, you thought about some email, I have the dates on my phone, but I'm in the Pacific time zone now. So it's a little confusing. I'm not sure whether the, tape, the times for for events that I'm putting in my calendar are in mountain time. or It's very confusing. Either way, I think it's time to be though. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow. Uh, less you, loud, more convoluted. You travelers. You travelers. So it's the fifth Sunday at Lent. And... Uh, I guess the texts are much less weird, which is kind of a letdown. Although the middle text, the epistle, is a little bit weird. That's that's kind of that's kind of fun. Yeah, uh, we get the order of Melchizedek. Mm. What in the, the world? is Order
1: that? of Melchizedek. That's one of the the, the the houses that you get sorted into when you join Christianity. They right. put the, it's
0: the long line. sorting head on you. It's
1: the- the fifth house of popcorn yeah, yeah it's not as popular but it's pretty special when you get into
0: that one. Oh, that is um, I would use that joke but I don't think it would go over here um, <laughs> so we've got Jeremiah 31 31 to 34 I feel like this is one of your favorites
1: oh it is one of my favorites why forgetfulness man I like forgetfulness true vulnerability is what that's talking about a God who promises to forget uh, our hope as Ralph Carmine would say depends on a God who must remember to forget. I uh, will remember their sin. I'll forgive their sin and remember. I don't have the text. You can't it, even. You can't even
0: remember because you so written this law on your heart that oh you can't even gosh. remember it. <laughs> You've written the law of forgetfulness. I'll forgive their sin and remember their iniquity no more. Is that it? I will forgive their iniquity. Mm-hmm. And remember their sin and this verse no more <laughs> well, what do you need that's it that's the gospel man so um yeah it's an interesting text it starts out the days are surely coming says the Lord looking ahead to the future God's going to make a new covenant uh, it will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt again this looking back to Egypt this looking back to the freedom movement but then God reminds us a covenant that they broke though I was their husband says the Lord but God's going to make this new covenant. He's going to put God's law within them, right on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And then we get the forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. It's an interesting, I mean, looking back, looking forward, um, we get the hearts, always a great image, and the forgetfulness uh, that you love so much because you're a four.
1: Oh. Oh, that, that hurt. That
0: hurt me right in my emotive center. What's uh, What is this? So you this is not the first time you've read the text. So what's it saying to you uh this year? What's it saying to you in 2018? March of 2018. Where does that forgetfulness come into play? Interesting question, man.
1: Um this is uh, a tenuous time in the life of our community of students. Um, For lots of different reasons, Uh, uh, I'm recognizing now here in the middle of March that that this group of students um, has had a difficult time kind of figuring out what it means to live together. And in particular, I've talked for a long time now about building this community on campus around the idea that we belong to each other first because we belong to Christ and then we figure out the other things after that. And so we've kind of gotten to that place where we have lots of different people with lots of different, in particular, religious identities. Um, and it turns out it's super hard to make that work and to live together with integrity. Um, and I, but I think the key to that is that got to be comfortable with some forgetfulness. That They feel such pressure and anxiety, all students do, uh, around that kind of identity formation stuff, which is almost always built on the accumulation of something whether it's the accumulation of like, knowledge about yourself or this tradition or cool points or whatever it is, the graceful way to learn to live together, the, the gift that God has given us, is rest in forgetting about that stuff, that you might be more open to the other. Does that make sense? Make makes sense in my head.
0: Yeah. So you're pulling this text in to say... Quit being jerks. Quit being jerks. (laughs) Quit being jerks.
1: We have some students, some part of our student population is super into into keeping a discipline and keeping, like, really weird kind of hard disciplines and stuff. I think a part of this text says, like, oh, did you forget to do it? Okay, that's how God lives, right? Um, Yeah, that's forgetful God.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: How, um... And you also could speak into it now that I'm, I'm sitting here uh, in a closet doing Enneagram stuff. <laughs> uh, the other number that I'm, that I'm probably close to and have a lot of is the five, which is a lot of thinking stuff. And one person in particular comes to mind as we, we read the story again. And there's a member of a local congregation who, uh, where I've been a number of times recently, who has uh, Alzheimer's and dementia and always ask me the exact same questions about campus ministry and tells me the exact same stories. And they don't recall telling me that at all. And the idea, and honestly, <laughs> when I've been there, that's been uh, especially question. I didn't know that was the deal because I don't know the person that well can be kind of annoying and get in the way of the things that I'm trying to do there to talk to people about campus ministry and squeeze money out of a congregation, you know? Um, but this idea that that might be what God looks like, um, does a lot of that Lent resetting of myself. Reorientation to the world.
0: Reorientation. A reset. I like that. That's interesting. A reset. It's its own kind of rebirth. Alright. Do you want to spend any time on the um, epistle or should we move to the gospel?
1: Uh, I don't have the epistle in front of me. So. <laughs> That's good. All
0: you need to know is uh, the order, order of Melchizedek. That sounds good enough to me, man. Um, do you have the gospel in front of you? I do uh, I have notes up. and ideas <laughs> Okay <laughs> What uh, I, well, yeah Okay, gospel Fifth fifth Sunday of Lent Year B, we're still in the gospel of John um, But this text uh, This text shows up Right after in John Right after the entry into Jerusalem uh, Right after that Palm Sunday piece happens, uh, some Greeks come up and say to Philip, "Uh, sir, we want to see Jesus. So Philip went and got Jesus and they talked. Nope, not what happens. Not what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Philip goes and tells Andrew, Andrew and Philip go and tell Jesus, and Jesus gives them a little speech, as Jesus is wont to do. (laughs) Always talking past each other, and John, this is the most awkward dinner church (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It's it's this is holy conversation right here. You ask me a direct question, I give you something that has nothing to do with what you asked.
1: Yeah, it's uh yeah, when you at your dinner church, Matt, you should play telephone. <laughs> so Jesus responds to it in really like loud, profound ways. <laughs> Dramatic. So the, com-
0: <laughs> so the commentary that I was reading called this passage subversive agriculture. Subversive that's agriculture. Subversive. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of, which is kind of interesting. We've got the grain of wheat that falls into the earth and dies. Unless it falls in the earth and dies, there remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. In the same way, those who love their life lose it. Those who hate their life in this world to keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, there will my servant also. Um, that's the first part, and then it moves into this. Now my soul is troubled. Um, Jesus starts to look ahead starts to starts to voice some of the different emotions uh that he might be feeling as an enneagram 4 obviously Jesus also a 4 full of emotion trying to decide what emotion he feels um and then there's another voice from heaven I have glorified it and I will glorify it again going to glorify the name and glorify it again the crowd thought it was thunder some people thought it was an angel Jesus said no no uh the voice has come for your sake not for mine even though it didn't come in a way that you could understand it's for your sake uh, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the rule of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. So the last Ooh. word, of, the last word of the gospel, on the last Sunday in Lent before Palm Sunday, is death. He was to die. What do you got? What do you What do you do with all this? Lots going on. A lot of carryover from last
1: week, Matt. Um. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the snakes have disappeared, but the directional stuff continues. Uh, last week, we talked about the, it was a callback to the old story in Numbers, uh, where Jesus says the Son of Man must be lifted up like the serpent in the wilderness. Again, here uh, we get Jesus um, lifted up again uh, to be right. Where's it at? I'm not making this up, am I? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I'm not making things up. Verse 32, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all people to myself. So again, verse 32, uh, Jesus is going to be lifted up and draw all people to himself, which is uh, very similar to the movement that we read about uh, we heard about last week, where Jesus is going to be lifted up like a serpent in the wilderness. uh, Lifted up here, clearly uh, an allusion to to, I I was going to say circumcision crucifixion, different uh, thing. But then you also get the Greeks where it starts. This is a little interesting detail that, that I've skipped over in the past to get to that agricultural metaphor. Now among them, uh, now among those who went up to worship at the festival, were some Greeks. There's some Jewish uh, Greeks, some Judean Greeks who have come, who have made pilgrimage, which is what uh, that, 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 that Greek word means. They went up uh, to go up. Anabaino uh, was a term used for that pilgrimage. Uh, so they're making this pilgrimage. They are going up. And then the illusion towards the end here is that Jesus will be lifted up. And in the minds and in the imaginations of John and his readers and listeners to go up was the idea of going uh, on the pilgrimage to go to the temple, to go literally up. Uh, and again, Jesus is redefining what the pilgrimage is uh, for Jesus. When you go up, it's to go down like the seed that falls and dies on the uh to the earth, to go up is to go down. To remember is to forget. Um, we're holding all the liminal things together this week.
0: Yeah, to remember is to forget. To go up, you got to go down. To win, you have to lose. So much. Yeah, yeah. I love that rhythm. I think that's the rhythm of this week.
1: The rhythm's to move you,
0: Matt. <laughs> So you've got some good imagery in this text. I think there's a lot there's a lot to work with. Uh, just yeah, you gotta make some decisions about the direction you gotta go. It feels like a letdown after the snakes, I gotta say.
1: Mm-hmm. Just not as good as snakes. It's not as good. <laughs> the other thing mm-hmm. that maybe you could lift up here that's a little different uh, from uh, having just read Mark and maybe it's an interesting thing to stick into the marking year, uh, is that verse twenty seven or so? Uh, when Jesus says, now my soul is troubled, what should I say? Father, save me? No, for this is the reason I came uh, to this hour. Jesus is like, should I not do this? No, this is the thing I came to do. Versus in Mark, where Jesus is like, you know, this looks really hard. I'd rather not do it. If there's any other way, let's let's go with that. Where Jesus is kind of begging out of it uh, and goes a lot less, a lot more reluctantly to the cross than here in John. where Jesus is like, yeah,
0: this is it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, bring it. Yeah, I love the response though. where he says, um, "Father, glorify your name," and the response is, "I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again." Ooh. Looking back to the, looking back to the past, right? But then also, also to the future. I mean, it's like oh, looking back to the future, man. Right. I, I love that that points in both directions. I mean, those are the two tenses there: past and future.
1: Mm-hmm. I have, and I will, and you do it right now. It's that old Easter promise where the past and future are taken care of, right? Uh, you get the present to live into fully.
0: And then, so then, and then Jesus responds, Jesus is closing lines. So he says, the voices come for your sake, not for mine. Still don't know what that means. But then he says, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. How does that happen? I mean, not in an obvious way, right? the The rulers of the of the earth are still there. How How is the ruler of this earth, the ruler of this world, driven out? Mm. How, do you, how do you make sense of that? Oh gosh, I can make sense of so that. This is done for your sake,
1: because uh, John's all about signs, and signs. All the signs that John does are so that you might believe. So again, this is a sign. The voice speaking from heaven for your sake, that you might believe into. Uh, this thing that Jesus is doing? That's a good question, though, Matt.
0: I don't have an answer for that. Good. i stumped him. <laughs> so, the, the last thing that I... So, there's there's also this interesting bookend where he says, I, I when I lift it up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And the text begins with some interesting cross-cultural stuff going on, right? This is a Jewish festival, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yet there are some Greeks that go up and asked to see Jesus So there's some interesting cross-cultural stuff going on um, One of the commentaries pointed out That the names of Philip and Andrew Are actually Greek names um, And so it's interesting that they're the ones That are kind of the go-betweens They're the translators um, Between these two communities So there's some interesting cross-cultural stuff At the beginning of this pericope And then at the end when he says all people uh, To myself So what is that, that, that movement um, Is also one of the moves that's happening here Matt yeah
1: I, I think I've got an interesting twist on some good news here as I tell you about like the what did I just say that Jesus said would you just say that Jesus said that he does these things uh, for for your sake not for mine the voice has come for your sake and not mine uh, it refers to this really common language uh, in John's gospel about why Jesus does signs and miracles because you have to see the belief in the gospel of John um the Greeks come and they ask to see Jesus, uh, which we might read is like, I would like a one on one, I'd like to coffee Jesus. I've got some questions I'd like to really pin down on him here. Uh, but perhaps uh, thinking more in the world of John, to come and ask to see, whether that's the intent or not, is to ask to believe into, to be brought into, to be grafted into this thing that Jesus is doing in, these wor- in the world. And these outsiders, not so much of the Gospel of John, I think we've talked a little bit about, it, uh, has been this, in some ways there's a conflict between the Galileans and the Judeans, the, the kind of really anti-Semitic sounding parts of the Gospel of John, uh, where the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, really is the Judeans, which means like the southern part of, of Israel, the part where Jerusalem was, the more wealthy uh, center of power, and Jesus was the Galilean. Uh, So like a country bumpkin who's come, and it's the movement of this Galilean against the Judeans. And here you enter a third party, foreigners, outsiders. Um, The rest of the world is being aligned with not the the people of power, but with Jesus. And here they get what they ask for. They don't get the meeting, uh, but they get this sign that in John's gospel leads to belief. Uh, They see Jesus. And I think that's good news. If you're looking for one of those, uh, a kind of, um, I want to be careful on how I framed it around like does God answer prayer? Is the is the kind of first thing I think of? You know, because they don't get the answer they're expecting, and yet they still see Jesus. I'd probably push it down the road of. Uh, Jesus transcending these boundaries of pulling together, not just the Galileans, not just the the Judeans and the Galileans, the Jewish folks together, but the whole world Jesus is pulling um, together. I don't know much about how the the Hellens would be understood within that kind of Galilean Jewish context, but the whole world can see Jesus. The whole world can belong to uh, and be a part of what God is doing. in the world, and it's not because what they asked, right? It's because Jesus shows us, uh, gives us the sign, which is a sacred meal, ex post facto,
0: yeah. boom. boom. <laughs> well, it does, and it seems like, I mean, this is, it's apparently a big deal. It's some kind of, it's some kind of, uh, a sign that something is happening because that's the piece that triggers jesus giving this whole little sermon the thing that triggers it is the fact that the that the greeks come and say and are seeking jesus and that's a big enough deal uh that jesus says the hour has come the the kairos moment is here and that's that's the piece that fact that that um boundary that barrier is falling um that's that's a sign for jesus that something big is happening i mean it triggers this whole that's the thing that triggers <coughs> this whole this whole speech
1: so it's not just that the disciples and the Greeks are playing telephone. Uh, they, uh, the Hellenists ask Philip if they can see Jesus. And Philip, if we remember way back to the beginning of the Gospel of John, is the first disciple. Uh, and Philip doesn't go directly to Jesus. He goes instead uh, to Andrew. And in the Gospel of John, Andrew is the first disciple to recognize Jesus as Messiah back in the first chapter. Uh, There are other signs that this is uh, the fulfillment. The story has been fulfilled, the time more than the story. But maybe the story is a helpful way of understanding what it might mean for the time to be fulfilled. When our stories are fulfilled, are made full, uh, that it's time to move on.
0: I mean, there's also an interesting, I mean, the fact that they don't that it, that it isn't all the way resolved, it's also kind of helpful, right? Because that's the, that's the thing the disciples are going to be wrestling with, uh, when Jesus dies, right? Is that like, well, what, what the hell now? This is like an unanswered question that's just kind of hanging out there. Um, and so it's, it's the, like, I don't know, there is something about this is, this is incomplete, but it's on the way. It's, it's, um, it's a sign that something is falling, even if there's, even if it hasn't yet reached, um, it's at the Kairos moment, but we're not in the kingdom just yet. Something like that, you know, like, um, and the fact that it's kind of left hanging like that is, is helpful because we're still in a world that's, that's left hanging. And so if we're trying to understand what, what it means to live in that, that one of your favorite words, liminal space, um, this is a text with a liminal space, right? I love
1: it. I like this. I just started off not being particularly inspired by this text, am like this is kind of like last week, whatever. I'll try to come up with a song during the playlist during the podcast. Um, I, one more layer I'm going to add on as I continue to think about this Greek thing. Uh, Jesus is going to be executed for being claiming to be the king of the Judeans, um, but here the Greek showing up is indication that Jesus might be claiming a kingship beyond the Judeans. Uh, Jesus' kingship might be uh, for the whole world. Other folks are showing up and recognizing. They're like the wise men. How about that? Mm-hmm. I know it's not a Gospel of John kind of thing, but the groups show up kind of like the wise men in Matthew.
0: Yeah. Oof. I like it. I like it. So you're putting together songs. I got songs. I'm so. I'm more excited about the playlist than the text. <laughs>
1: Well, oh I got God. good news, Matt. I got good news. What's your um, good news? It's going to lead into the the very very crappy songs that I picked
0: because
1: uh, it turns out it's really hard because I can't go through Spotify while I'm um, just on my phone talking to you. Oh, no. So um, just things that popped into my head. Uh, so here's what I think my good news is: is that Jesus uh, resets our lives and our world. I think that's the I think that's the beauty of this text um, that there's a resetting. And Matt, when I think of resetting. I think of setting and when you think of setting you can't do anything but think of one of the great we're coming off of Oscars week uh, uh, here in podcast time and uh, one of the greatest and most underappreciated films of our day was certainly Top Gun and so I'm thinking of the epic uh, montage beach volleyball scene where Tom Cruise does the flex check where he checks to see what time it is uh, as he as he, uh, he checks his watch right and flexes his, his arm uh, during which song, I'm pretty sure it's Highway to the Danger Zone, is played. setting as a of volleyball uh, thing, right, just like a nice set, clean set, uh, like Tom Cruise to Goose, or Goose, probably Goose to Tom Cruise, because why are you going to let Goose finish it? Um, he's going to die anyway. Spoilers. We're going Highway to the Danger Zone, Matt. Uh And then, uh, just so, to, I've, already, I've already revealed it. Uh, I like that rhythm, the rhythm. Uh, this, this, this unexpected rhythm is introduced. Uh, to remember, you gotta forget. To forget, you gotta remember. Uh, up, to go up, you gotta go down. Uh, the rhythm is gonna move you. So say as Gloria Estefan in the Miami Sound Machine.
0: The <laughs> rhythm is gonna. Wow, classic. Classic.
1: Rhythm rhythm's gonna get you, man. rhythm
0: is gonna get you. Love it.
1: Who sang Highway, da- the Danger Zone? It was somebody unexpected, right? It's, it's like a real musician. Like a...
0: I think I know. Is it, Kenny, is it Kenny Loggins? I think that's right. Because that's what it says here on Top 10 yeah. Picture Soundtrack. What are you listening to this week, man? Uh, I want to throw out there. Um, an artist... Uh, by the name of Manu Chow, mm. who is phenomenal. It's He's got a song called Seeds of Freedom, uh, and it's got its own great little rhythm. Uh, so Seeds of Freedom, Seeds of Freedom by Menu Chow. Um, I kind of wanted to put Bruce Springsteen's Seeds on there, but uh, I'm not sure. It's, a, it's some classic 80, 80s uh, social justice Springsteen. But Menu I think I'll stick with Manu Chow, Seeds, Seeds of Freedom. Um, TV on the radio, uh, they're a great little band. Uh, and they have a song called Seeds as well. Um, in fact, the, I think the album itself is called Seeds. Um, but from the song Seeds, they've got this great little chorus. Uh, rain comes down like it always does, but this time I've got Seeds on ground. Uh, and a little rethinking of what what all this death uh, might mean and might be leading to. And then uh, and then, as we continue to move through the passage, when Jesus says, my soul is troubled. Uh, I couldn't help but think of "Trouble in Mind." Trouble in Mind, and there are so many versions uh, of this classic blues song, but I gotta go with the classic uh, Nina Simone version uh, of "Trouble in Mind" uh, to send you send you off into Holy Week. And then uh, I feel like you needed one one upbeat song uh, to get to get your blood flowing, because uh, if you are a preacher moving into Holy Week, uh, you're gonna need it. Uh, Passion Pit's "Lifted." Uh, I think it's—I think the song is called 1985, but in parentheses, uh, lift it up. It is a power. It is power pop to the nth degree. Uh, but I, I love it. It's a great. Uh, it's a great little track. So yeah,
1: I can't wait. I'm excited to to, to hear this man Chow. I only know the one song that you previously pointed to me like ten, twelve years ago about uh, Magusta marijuana. Uh, what? to that song man Uh, students love it Uh, good job Matt you brought you made up for my uh, complete lack of of integrity for the playlist this week I do have uh, a musical story to add on Uh, so this week I'm in Sacramento and uh, I'm doing music so I brought my banjo uh, to the conference Matt so you're missing live performances by me uh, what's most important that you should hear is that Paul Judson, our colleague in Fort Collins, at Colorado State, we were on the same flight, and Paul brought his guitar. And so at the airport yesterday, we were walking to the airport with him with his guitar, and we banjo. And we felt, I don't know if I've ever felt cooler than that, right? It felt it was a really, like I've walked to the airports before with an instrument, but never with someone else with an instrument, because that puts off a very different vibe. Uh, it was a very really cool vibe. Uh, we decided we needed to have a band name, in case we get asked about it in the airport Uh, and we decided to go with Oats and uh, we decided to go with Oats Holland Oats Holland (laughs) like we first we said like let's go with Oats and Hall that'd be funny Uh, and then Paul's like is it Hall or Holland that's better Oats and Holland just all the wrong order it's a it's a Dutch tribute band to Hall and Oats Uh, then I was very worried Matt Uh, I fly Southwest almost all the time, and last time I brought my banjo on Southwest, it it got it it broke uh, because they made me check it at the gate, and it ended up in the airport in Seattle, and it falls into their like large uh, oversized uh, baggage claim area, which has like a 20 foot drop basically, Uh, and it broke the brackets off of it, and so I was terrified that that was going to happen again. I tried to get like the early bird check in, it didn't work out. and then at the last minute, this very, very kind gate agent saw us and came up and gave us new boarding passes where they stamped a the heart on it. And we got to load with the children. Uh, and we <laughs> said, my banjo got to go to the red compartment. and We made it safely. Uh, and now I'm to ask for a heart stamp. Uh, so <laughs> find out next week the conclusion to this story. Zach, still have a banjo. That's
0: right. You still got to get it home. You still got to get it home. Heart stamp. Heart stamp. That's the key. Heart stamp. Maybe that's the name of the band. That's one of our songs, Heart Stamp. They will write it. I will write it on on your heart. I will write my heart on your boarding pass.
1: Why do we need Enneagram books when we have the Bible? We have everything we need, Matt. Everything we need. Next week, Matt, are we going to do like a, we should do like a Holy Week spectacular.
0: I know. I know. I feel like we did last year. We did something last year. Yeah. Yeah, let's we'll do let's, let's
1: do that. Let's do, you're gonna want to listen next
0: week. Sounds good. That'll force me to get my Holy Week shit together, and it'll make me spend time on
1: Holy Week that's not gonna be helpful because we're gonna be on spring breaking in the home village. But I do it because we're sponsored by Godly Play. By Godly Play, that's right. Uh, because Godly Play gives us mad cash to promote snakes in sand boxes. <laughs> alright Matt I'm headed down to Arco Arena uh, the American River there's a pathway I'm gonna go run I'm gonna enjoy it. gosh California is glorious Man, <laughs> glorious I'm gonna go enjoy it. well enjoy enjoy well dude maybe we'll meet up for dinner later if you want to meet like around Modesto or something oh okay, okay let's just drive <laughs> California's not that big right no
0: not at all I'll get on the bullet train that's uh, still being <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is future past thing. You just, like, you wait for the bullet train, but the bullet train's going to go so fast that you're going to go back in time, and you'll be here. So I'll, I'll look forward to dinner tonight.
0: Sweet. It's, uh, it's been real. It's been real by the